Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we have my friend and returning guest, Jimmy Smith. So parts of this, is uh, he's actually in a Starbucks, and so he's using his AirPods, and part of the audio is a little bit muffled from time to time, but you still can understand what he's saying. But I wanted to get this out because he has some important information about some changes Amazon's made, what that means for us as Amazon sellers in 2023. He answered a question or lots of questions, but one in particular I asked him at the end is now still a good time to be an Amazon seller. So you're going to want to hear the answer to that. And we talked about artificial intelligence and how you can actually use that for creating Amazon listings and more. So pretty exciting episode. Jimmy's awesome. He has a lot of knowledge. Here is my interview with Jimmy. All right. We got Jimmy Smith calling in from Starbucks. <laughs> yep. Just from everybody's mobile office, pretty much. So That's I'm right. excited to be here. Yeah. Isn't that Sorry cool though that you can do this? You can literally be at a Starbucks on a podcast interview and run your business. I know. It's super cool. I, I wonder what other people think about me around here, but that's okay. You know, on the phone. <laughs> they, they only see half the conversation. Right? <laughs> no problem. Hey, so Jimmy, since the last time you've been on, I'm, I know there's been a lot of changes in Amazon and stuff. Um, you, you, Your YouTube channel is awesome. You get have a ton of good content. So people need to go there. Is it just youtube.com forward slash ask Jimmy Smith? Is that right? Um, it's youtube.com forward slash at, like the at sign, ask Jimmy Smith. Okay. At ask Jimmy Smith. Got it. I'll put a link in the show notes, but you do a really good job of updating people. Your emails are good with uh, things going on in Amazon. So tell me some over the last, I don't know, year, what have you seen and what do you, um, what do you think? And you put an awesome video out about 2023. So we'll definitely talk about that. What, what some of the things you're seeing Amazon do that are noteworthy? Well, yeah, I think uh, every year the first and foremost thing that happens are fee changes. And so mm-hmm. we see Amazon make fee changes. There's a lot of little things that are going up, um, obviously, with, with inflation and you know, different issues with Amazon. They're naturally not going to lower fees in most cases. Uh, <laughs> right. But the biggest the biggest one, I think, for 2023 that can affect a lot of sellers is the small and light price. Went from $10 up to $12 as a maximum. And so what that means is that pretty much anything that you've got priced between uh, $10 and probably more like $12.90, $13, you can put into the Small and Light program, make Mm. it at 12 bucks or less and make more profitability. So um, I think there's a huge opportunity there because there's so many products that are sold on Amazon between $10 and $12. I'm hopeful that eventually it'll go up to $14 or $15. But, you know, because... There's way even more products there. Yeah. Um, so you're saying other- if I'm selling something right now that's thirteen dollars, I could actually put it in small and light at twelve and make more than if it's at on at thirteen in the regular program. Correct. Now I would have to double check the numbers exactly. I think the exact number is twelve dollars and eighty eight cents is the cutoff okay. uh, to where that's the max. But okay. you know you'd want to double check some of those products to make sure because yeah. there could be different fluctuations. And also it depends on the small and light products because the bigger the product is. It still gets more fees, even if it's under the small and light program. Okay. So it's not just a flat rate. You'd want to double check a couple of products, but ultimately, yeah. I think whenever I did it last, it was 1288 on the ones that I was yeah. looking at. 
So for somebody who's like totally, I mean, I'm sure people have heard of this program, but I don't know a lot of people that are actually doing it. So give me an idea of like, if I'm what's, I know it's going to vary, but if I have a product that's at $12 and or exactly $12, give me an idea of how much I'm going to get back from Amazon on that sale. Um, well, if it's exactly $12 and it's in the small and light program, uh, I would, it really does depend on each individual product, which uh-huh. is the hard part. What I will say is it's about an extra 90 cents if you enroll it into small and light than if you wow. did. So uh, wow. it does obviously need to meet those metrics and those requirements. Yeah. But if, if you were buying a product for three bucks, you know, and selling it for 12, you're going to probably make about four to five dollars on that yeah. product um, in the small and light program yeah outside wow. of the small and light program you're making three to four bucks man so it's an extra 90 cents on average of uh, the ones that i was checking yeah it'd be anywhere That's from huge. 80 cents to a dollar 20 I've, I've done it in the past and it was like a dollar 20 and some of the changes because it used to be eight and then it went up to 10 and yeah. now it has gone up to 12 so yeah um, yeah, just really depends. You feel like that um, provides a huge opportunity for people to kind of set themselves apart for somebody that wants to go deep in that and say, you know what, I'm really going to only look for new products in this that can be in that program. Yeah, you absolutely can set yourself apart with it. I think also with some of the new account health rating changes and the rewarding um, order volume, I think it gives people more ability to have smaller, lighter, faster moving products that can still make you know, a dollar or two here or there, um, but it'll help their order volume increase, which helps their account health rating and helps, yeah. you know, just their Amazon account in general if they're a good seller. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything else about Small and Light do you care to share? Or any questions you hear people ask about it? No, I, I would just caution, I think for a lot of people, um, they may have tried it a few years back before mm-hmm. they made a lot of major changes. You used to have to do shipments differently. You used to have to send in, I think it was a minimum of 24 units at one time into its own warehouse. You can now just enroll products that are at the FDA warehouses. So oh, if you very cool. did it, yeah, if you did it in the past, it really changes nothing if your shipments changes nothing with your inventory, except that you're enrolling it and getting less units for it. Which wow. Is a much better program now than what That's so cool. Awesome. So small and light, what's next? Uh, yeah, so then the next one, I actually kind of alluded to it, which is the account health rating. This is one that's been around for probably four or five months now at the time of us doing this podcast. But, um, you know, the account health rating has switched to give Amazon sellers much more visibility. Um, so you can see where you're at on a point-based rating system. Mm-hmm. And that I love. Um, the issues with it is it rewards high order value sellers more than it will even rewards high sales value sellers. Oh, so wow. if I'm selling a million dollars a year, um, but I'm doing it on you know, 10,000 orders, well, I'm not going to get as rewarded as somebody doing a million dollars a year on 100,000 orders. Wow. Uh, so they do really take into account the order volume because the more products you're selling to different customers, uh, the more likely you are to get IP claims or counterfeit claims, etc. Yeah. But, it, you know, so I get the logic behind it. Um, but it is something that if you are falling towards the threshold of being in danger, you're going to want to start upping order volume to help your, yeah. your account. Thus, get into the small and light program, which will help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and make sure that the products are selling well and you're profitable, you know. But and the cutoff point, I think every new seller starts at 200. So anywhere between 100 and 200 is in the yellow. 
and anywhere below 100, you most likely can shut down at that point. Um, and each, each category of account health issue impacts your score differently. Okay. So they really take into account counterfeit claims yeah. that are, you know, that they did a test problem. Um, but they don't take into account as much the suspected intellectual property violation. Yeah. But received intellectual property violations, they do. So there's yeah. a lot of different categories <laughs> into it. Um, you just want to make sure that you understand it, that, you know, maybe you've got some good help to help you with those things as well. Um, you know, good groups to, to do that question on. Um, I think it's for every 100 orders. You get four points, um, and I think it's on a rolling like 180 day basis or 90 day basis. I can't remember the specifics at this point, but either way, the more orders you have, the better your account health rating will be. And uh, they also are rewarding if you handle an account health claim, even if they don't remove it. They do reward you for for being proactive and nice. you know trying to to respond to it. Cool. All right. So it's like Weight Watchers. You can eat a candy bar. It just may not be, might be more points than another one. Exactly. That's a perfect analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You should do it. Your next video should be how Amazon is like Weight Watchers. <laughs> I should. Or how I Amazon's new seller central is like Weight Watchers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Number yeah. three. Yeah. Well, the third one is actually an Amazon uh, company operation standpoint. Uh, every article that you see nowadays about Amazon is about reducing their employees. And so they're starting to reduce the amount of employees that they have in the warehouse and otherwise, but a lot specifically in tech, which probably doesn't affect us as much, um, but it does affect us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, the employee reductions can be a little concerning because obviously they're going to have less people to handle um, customer service issues, but hopefully it will help some of their bottom line moving forward too. Uh, it'll help us to be able to do more FBM. I think they're going to start rewarding FBM sellers fulfilled by merchant sellers a little bit more because of that. They won't have as many employees, but uh, ultimately that is a smaller issue, but it is something that I want to keep an eye out on for just because anytime a company starts reducing employees, it could be problematic. It could be beneficial. It just really depends on on how that goes. Sure. I think the COVID bump is really, they're, they're starting to, um, you know, recover from, not recover, um, reverse some of what happened there because they made so much during the last few years that now they need to reduce some of their employees to make up for it. And it's unfortunate, um, you know, for the employees out there. Um, but I do think that it provides opportunity for sellers from a fulfilled by merchant standpoint, um, and to be cognizant that maybe your shipments are going to take longer to get checked in. Or some things might take longer to get shipped out of FBA. So yeah. there's there's a lot of little pieces that can come from it. Sure. Uh, so yeah, that's a third yeah. one. Have you noticed any sh- your shipments being delayed yet because of that or since that I, announcement? I wouldn't say it's because of that. Um, there's been announcements over the last four or five months that they're cutting employees. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I have noticed, as most people have, the shipments are getting slower and slower to get checked in Sure. for most sellers. Um, unless you're doing some sort of like an LPL or something like that, mm-hmm. less a truckload type of a shipment, that's a whole different process. But you're doing sure. uh, the, the single boxes that you're sending, that yeah. uh, has definitely taken longer. Okay, cool. All right, number four. Yeah, the fourth one is actually customer service. And Amazon has always been focused on the customer service side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're going to be even more focused on that this year. Why that's good is because people paying for Prime, if they actually stick to what they want to do, they're going to get shipments out faster. 
So it's kind of a backwards thing of what I was saying from the employee retention or reduction. They're getting rid of some of the employees at Amazon, but their goal is to grow the customer service side of things, make sure people get their prime comps is fulfilled. Uh, and they're trying to turn it back around because there was a report and I don't have it off the top of my head now, but, but where a lot of trust in Amazon has decreased over the last year or so because mm-hmm. Prime has almost become meaningless for a lot of people um, because they went from a two-day promise to four or five days in some cases. So um, I, I know that they're going to start doing more from a customer service and retention standpoint, which will help out Amazon sellers as well. Yeah. And that's why we use FDA. That's why we sell on Amazon. So we can use their customers and sell products to yeah. them um, directly. But ultimately, that's, that's one thing to watch out for. I think it will help. And hopefully it will get more buyers onto the platform for right. sellers to sell products too. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, good stuff. You had, you had a bonus one. I do. Yeah, I've got the last <laughs> one, uh, which is buy box rotation. We've seen kind of a trend over the last year mm-hmm. where there are prices that you can sell higher than what the buy box is at. I think that that trend will continue for a few different reasons based off what we talked about, actually. I think if you've got a really good account health rating, uh, you're selling high order volumes, you're sending in a lot of products, Amazon's going to reward that if you start listing your prices higher than the typical buy box. Mm. Also, it's more location dependent on the buy box now than it was a few years ago. Uh, So if I have my products sitting in a warehouse in Florida versus somebody else has products sitting in a warehouse in California, well, customer in California goes to the Amazon page, they're going to see your products in California yes. versus mine in Florida because Amazon's focused on the customer service mm-hmm. and they want to, to be able to get those orders there as quickly as possible. Yeah. But it also means that if you are very good at fulfilled by merchant, you may be able to have um, a leg up on everybody else as well because maybe Amazon's buy box is going to take four or five days, but your mm-hmm. FBN stuff can take two to three. It wow. really just depends on the location. There's, there's so much that I think I don't have a hard and fast rule that, yeah, you want to always price higher than the buy box, but mm-hmm. it is something to be playing around with more yeah. and just test it out over the year to see yeah. how, how Amazon and You can see that out. buy box percentage still, right? For example, if the buy box price or your, how often, so the buy, your, you see the buy box at $5 and yours is at five twenty five. You could go back and run that report and see how often you got that buy box, correct? Yeah, you can do that. Um, FIFA also has decent data. If you go to the Amazon product page, you can click on the data tab and mm-hmm. see buy box statistics. It's not perfect uh, mm-hmm. because uh, Keepa can't see the buy box statistic everywhere. They're just scraping it from you know one yeah. particular place, but it does give you some indication of whether or not you're getting any of the buy box. Cool. Okay. Um, good tips. What I mean, just any other general things like if somebody's starting right now or just um, I don't know any any news regarding replans. Or any just overall tips for, you know, doing well in 2023 with Amazon. Then we'll jump into the AI stuff, which is fun to chat about. Yeah, so I think from a replenishable product standpoint, um, really some of the changes that I just talked about are, are going to impact them quite a bit. If you're doing any type of small and light product, that's a big one. Uh, if you are willing to list above the buy box, that is also a big one. Uh, the next thing, it's still been consistent. I think there's much more of a focus month ago on, um, on, on regional and local and niche type products from a mm-hmm. refund standpoint, just because there are a lot of people that are used to the national brands and yeah. um, can get them and, and are kind of looking at them now. 
doesn't mean you shouldn't stop because there's still plenty of opportunity that it should yeah. much less than it probably was. But right. that, that, that's good because you've got an opportunity to start niching down, looking mm-hmm. at different products, um, and just, yeah, starting to diversify a little bit more. But the next change that I would say is, is Amazon is focused much more on brands. Um, so if there's some way, as, as you start to grow your replenish business, and you start to get an idea for maybe private label products or branded bundle that you can build out with your own brand, um, that will, I think that that's the way that I would go more so in the future um, if you want to build your own brand. If you don't want to build your own brand, then in addition to refunds and arbitrage, I would look for wholesale accounts instead because more and more brands and more and more distributors are are seeing the need for Amazon. And they need help. Um, And they They'd rather create a partnership with them to pay somebody and employ a hundred grand a year. They can pay or not pay you at all, but you can buy product. Yes. So, you know, there's multiple opportunities in space. That makes sense. Cool. So um I've been playing around with chat GPT. Um, and that is fun. It's just crazy, just crazy seeing what all it can do. Uh, and so I never even thought of this, but then you came out with a video of how to use it for creating an Amazon listing. And my goodness, it blew me away. So talk about, well, what in the world is ChatGPT and how can it be leveraged to create an Amazon listing or at least get that process okay. started? Yeah, well, ChatGPT, I'm no expert in I'll just say that, but it is a hot <laughs> topic. Uh, and so ChatGPT is an artificial intelligence software uh, that was put out by OpenAI um, about the end of November of 2022. Uh, and so it has... This is actually version 3.0. Um, version 4.0, which would come out, I don't know when, is going to be a way better. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty crazy. It's kind of what we can see. But right now, you can actually go to it. It's really based on the prompts that you can do. And so I did a video that you mentioned that you saw uh, talking about how to take a particular product and ask the software to create an Amazon listing title for those products, which is a bundle. It's a bundle of two different types of Altoids. And I think I did a Jimmy's Fantastic Bridge Magnet or something. Um, and so then I, after it made the title, which was okay, there's still some keywords that you're going to want to, you know, figure out how to use uh, and put in there a little bit more. You could actually ask it to include certain keywords if you wanted. Mm-hmm. But then I said, uh, based off that product, create bullet points, five bullet points describing the product for me. And it did that. And then I had to create an HTML description and did that. And then I asked it to create Facebook ads and an email sequence and all these different things uh, for how to create it in such a fast way. I think the video was 10 minutes long or something, 20 minutes long. And it would have been faster if I wasn't recording a video. If I was just doing the work, it would have taken me five minutes. Um, it is amazing what can be done with it. I've shared it with other people, not even in the Amazon space, and it saved them hours of work by not having to research certain things, by asking it to give you, uh, you know, particular advice on uh, a pretty straightforward question. So you can really use it for a lot. And it can be for anything. <laughs> it doesn't have to be for Amazon only. Right. Um, if you're doing any type of a Shopify store, Etsy, eBay, doing anything research for paper or research for a book, like it is amazing. You just want to make sure that you aren't just copying and pasting, right? Because that's plagiarism. So I'm actually trying to get in the future to talk to a lawyer that would be able to know enough about how AI would work and how to actually use it properly. Because yeah. it's it's very tempting because of how good it is. 
to just take it and paste it someplace else. And I don't think that that's, I don't think that'll fly for very long. Mm. Um, there are software programs out there that can help you. You can paste it into there and it'll tell you that it looks, you know, that it, it is more unique or if it's not. And so that is helpful. But AI in general is going to be, as much as it scares me, it's going to be the future. And so we have to learn how to embrace it and use it yeah. now um, for our businesses because it can create yeah. Facebook ad copy. It can be, it's a very good copywriter. Uh, it's scary good copywriter. Uh, <laughs> it can write reports and papers in a certain author's voice, which is really cool. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of different unique things you can do with it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I was uh, playing around with it and I put in um oh like the the law of thermodynamics. I, I think I said I asked it to write a blog post about the law of thermodynamics from a college viewpoint. And it did. And then I said, do the write the same article but for a first grader. And it was amazing how it just reduced some of the big words and made it to where you know a kid could understand what this thing was. Yeah, it blow blew my mind. Um, yeah, I, I know that um, I saw a, like, a meme the other day, or whatever, just a post, an infographic that's it, um, about well, version 4.0 is going to be able to write like, a 400 page novel in my five because it's, it's like a hundred times the amount of information. So, what they did was really smart, but they had the software that they were building up in the background. And now they released it to the public. There's so much more information for it to learn from, to better from. And they got like, over a million users, I think, within the first two wow. weeks. Is version four going to be still free or are they going to start charging for it? I don't know. Um, I wish I knew. Um, you know, what I'm interested the most in is what version 25 and version yeah. 50 looks like yeah. uh, because they can learn so fast. From an Amazon wow. standpoint, it can make a big difference. Um, any type of a business, it, it's kind of scary if you start to think about some of the implications of it, but it can yeah. really speed it up. And so I know there are a lot of people that are having aversion to this because they feel like, you know, whether it's cheating or that it's scary in general that it can do this. Um, but I would say, I think that even though it may replace some, some tasks that other people are doing, mm -hmm. if you can learn how to use it, master it, it's just yeah. the same as any other technology. You yeah. learn how to use it in your business. It's going to set you far above versus yeah. somebody that's not. Mm. Uh, do you have a? Do you? I mean, you're 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 a software guy in that you have a software. And I know you're not a developer, but do you feel like um, there are implications that it could help? Like with like with Replen dashboard, do you envision? Like I don't even can't even fathom what AI would do there. Do you have any idea of like what if if that was? had artificial intelligence powers to that software, what else could it do or how could it do, do it better? Well, so there's a lot of external uses. Um, so from a software standpoint, actually, it can write code. As you can see currently, if you're having issues with code, it knows enough to be able to fill in the code and fix them. Oh my gosh. So I don't know those because I'm not a developer. Maybe ours is too intricate. It wouldn't be able to, or I have no idea. Um, but I do know that people are using it for coding. The second thing is, if you can get it, and it probably already exists now, but because ChatGPT is kind of newer, if you can connect it to a customer service chat, it can actually be learning along the way. It's not going to be like the the, the text response. You can actually type something out, and it will be able to handle it. It will be able to send an email to the developer. It will be able to do all these things as a real human. Wow! And so that is what's kind of cool to me. 
you, there's also external usage for emails. You know, if you wanted to set up a program or give emails there, it would respond for you in your voice. It can start to do those things too. So, um, there's tons of opportunities, even on the YouTube space. As it continues to progress, there's going to be a whole YouTube thing instead of completely artificial intelligence that I don't think we'll ever be able to have. That'll look like a person. Yeah. I really think that's going to happen. We're going to start having more AI influences, and we'll never realize it because of how video works, being just a bunch of pictures next to each other. They can already do AI pictures. Mm-hmm. They can do AI scripts. They can do AI voices sound real. Um, so it's it's it, it's going to be interesting to see in a year to five to ten in this space and how they regulate it. Um, yeah. And, you know, what we can do with other business owners, um, there's just so much. Yeah. That's awesome. You could even, if, if there's, I don't know about the plagiarism from phones, right? But if you're doing KDT books or you're writing any kind of book, you can, you can have it create a bunch of blog posts for a website and create those blog posts and send them to your book. There's a lot of opportunity. You just have to be careful. I don't know what the legalities are. Right. Um, and I'm sure that plagiarism at that point, if you aren't completely changing it, but there will be people that will do it and that will take that risk. So yeah. not my recommendation at all, but that would be something I would want to figure out with like a lawyer. How much can yeah. you use AI versus how much can mm. All right. So let's say, um, the last question here, because I need you got to go here. Um, I'm just ready to start a business, right? Starting ready to start an e-commerce business. I've been researching all the options, ready to jump into Amazon. Is now still a good time to be an Amazon seller? Why or why not? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so Amazon in general is going to continue to grow. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And as I mentioned at the start of this, they're making changes to customer retention. They're kind of becoming a little bit more lean in their operations. They see the future of where this is going, that it's not going to be as extreme of a growth like what happened over the last two or three years, but it will continue to grow. Amazon is still the number one marketplace on um, And I just don't see that going away. Yeah. What I will say is you don't want to jump in with Amazon and get to the point where you're comfortable and then only rely on them um, yeah. because they do make changes. And so if you can look at other platforms, if you can leverage the knowledge to work with businesses or wholesalers, um, whomever, uh, to start making other streams of income, uh, then that will help way more in the long term. The scary part for me is when people jump in, they get to 40, 50,000 a month, and they're comfortable when they don't keep trying to grow. Um, that's when you're setting yourself up to start having a bad year or two until you realize, oh no, now I need to grow uh, in yeah. some way, whether it's wholesale, private label, branded bundles, or services that you can provide to other people. Mm-hmm. Amazon itself is not going anywhere. Yeah. It continues to see it better and better uh, each and every year. Um, as they add different fees, maybe other ma- marketplaces start to take over. Maybe mm-hmm. eBay is a place that you also want to be on, or, or uh, Walmart, or Etsy, or any of these other places. Yeah. I would start with Amazon. It's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit. I would get it the 25 to 100 grand a month, depending on what your goals are, and then start to look at some other things. Awesome. Like buying and selling businesses like you're interested in and yeah, other platforms yeah. and software, which you're doing. <laughs> yeah, there's all awesome. types of stuff. And you've been a big influence in my life as you know. So I appreciate that. This podcast and you know, everything that you do. And uh, yeah, thank you about some of the stuff I don't know other people in the company that's what I've been doing. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much. I know I'll have you back. You let me know whenever you have any updates or things you want to chat about, man. Okay. Well, hold on. Thank you so much. I appreciate right. it. Bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.